Hello, Unstoppable Yes You podcast listeners. I'm your host, Carlis Phillip. In this series, I'm speaking with Caribbean women in the technology field across various disciplines. My hope is that this series will help those of you that are interested in tech identify pathways to careers in this field. Today's guest is Chelsea Hines Charles. Chelsea is a platform site reliability engineer at Twitter who is on a mission to help others identify the engineer in themselves. Chelsea's work experience spans a variety of companies and industries. Prior to Twitter, Chelsea worked at Southwest Airlines and was part of the team that redesigned the B737-800 Max Aircraft Gallery Area. Yes, she did that. This young engineer is so passionate about her craft that she also applies her skills and expertise outside of her nine to five, but I'll let her tell you all about it. Welcome, Chelsea. Thank you so much for inviting me. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm looking forward to having such a fruitful conversation with you and just sharing everything that I can with my people. So good to have you. So let's dive in. So you grew up in Georgetown, Guyana. So what were some of your favorite subjects in school? Definitely maths. Maths and science, but I would say more maths. And I'm not saying that because we got licks, if you didn't know your timetables. Growing up, I just had a natural um, attraction to numbers and math to the point that I used to teach some of my classmates in the schoolyard, taking a stick, writing down math problems in the sand after school. So I was not only a student, but I was always a math teacher in any grade that I was in. So at what point in your life did you decide a career in STEM was what you wanted to do? This question has a foundational aspect and then there's like the continuation from the foundation. When I immigrated to the United States with my family, one major event happened that made me realize, I think I want to do something pertaining to math and science. So coming to America, I went into junior high school and we had a spelling test. And the question on the spelling test was spell the word program. So in the Caribbean, we, we were taught how to speak like the British English. So I'm spelling program with two M's and an E. And the teacher basically said, no, that's wrong. So I'm this new Caribbean girl in junior high school talking to this teacher, telling her that she's wrong because that's incorrect English. But at that moment, I realized that math and science is definitely the most consistent across the globe. Even though it's something I was already drawn to, I wanted to stay within a spectrum that was going to be consistent in my life. Another thing that was very monumental was just seeing trains in New York City. In Guyana, our mode of transportation is a car and a minibus. You're lucky to get a seat. That's your own seat and not nobody lap. <laughs> you know, it was just always interesting to me when I first came to this country that they had this thing going under the ground, coming back up on, you know, over bridges and it's running 24 seven. So I developed a sense of just curiosity of understanding how things work. So those two foundational instances made me say, whatever high school I go to, I wanted to make sure that it had a pre-engineering program for me to gain more exposure to how things work and also apply math and science to making things work. 
And that's how come I determined, I decided to go to the pre-engineering program at Benjamin Banneker Academy in Brooklyn, New York. So you went to a STEM high school and then um, onwards to college. What did you study um, in college? So for my undergrad, I attended Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts. There I double majored in engineering and economics. And in the engineering program there, we were able to basically do a lot of research and hands-on projects. So it was a fruitful experience for me because I was able to blend two things I was really passionate about, econ and engineering, into my learning experience. And what was your first job out of college? So right after college, graduating college, I worked at Walt Disney World um, in the revenue management and analytics department. So in that role, um, I worked on pricing model optimizations and system integration. So if I had to get a phrase to my actual role, I would say we were engineering the way that Disney hotels were making money. So we were building out those models to help the analysts um, do the pricing for the different resorts on the property. So the role itself was a mix of internal tool development, data analytics, and systems integration. Uh, I worked with third-party revenue management companies, software companies, and data scientists at Disney to integrate the business logic into the software. And anything that was not, um, I guess, filled, fulfilled by the actual third-party software, we built internal tools to fill that gap of the workflow for the hotel pricing and revenue management analyst. So in that department, the dominant backgrounds were industrial engineers, folks who studied applied mathematics, stat, statistics. Um, it was definitely a wide variety of skill sets that came together to make that whole operation happen. So at some point you decided to pivot from pricing modeling and go into like solid engineering. How did you make that transition? It was such a great role. I worked with so many people and I learned a lot. And I'll put that plug out there for Disney. They hire some really smart folks, <laughs> PhDs from Georgia Tech and above. Really great place. However, even though it was great to be that major integrator between business logic, software systems, and even the people integration with technology systems, I was feeling disconnected from the pure development, software and systems development. And one thing about me, when I think about myself and what brought me into this world of engineering was the communities. Um, I mentioned my high school earlier. During my high school, I was on a robotics team and we did robotics competitions and I met so many people in that space outside of school. And I really wanted to hold on to having that connection with the outward technology and engineering communities. So I made that transition back into pure development so I can have my development, whatever I'm building, whatever I'm impacting, reach the masses. At that moment, when I was at Disney, my impact was only accessible to those who had the privilege to go to Disney and stay at a Disney hotel. But most of all, I just felt disconnected from the global technology and engineering communities. And at that point, I wanted to change my narrative from engineering the way that this company makes money to engineering for the world. 
Tell us a little bit more about your current role. You're a platform site reliability engineer. For our listening audience, please tell us what that is in layman's terms and take us through a day in your life at Twitter. It all comes back to the company's needs and what they need in order to make their workflow, their continuous integration, continuous development, and continuous deployment. How does that work for the company? So the needs of the company definitely dictates the title of that role. But in general, my current role, I am consistently looking for opportunities to drive the operational excellence of the developer experience and also the software development lifecycle. So I would consider myself the Italy's person (laughs) on the team. So I am the person that's always thinking of the reliability of the service of Twitter, the availability of the service, the security of the service, and the scalability of the service. All of these things are at the front of my head in this distributed system. However, for a software engineer, these may be core values that may be at the back of their heads. So that's how my role balances out a software engineer. So we're the ones that are continuously looking for ways to make that developer experience and the software development lifecycle a lot more fundamentally efficient. Thank you for that explanation. So let's switch gears a little bit. So I know you do some phenomenal things at work at Twitter, but you also do a lot outside. You know, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned that when you use your skills, you wanted to impact, you know, a lot of people, right? So tell us about some of that work that you've done outside of the nine to five. So um, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, I joined a team of Smith College engineering alumni and friends, which is called SmithVent, that's the name of the team, to create a cost-effective, rapidly manufacturable ventilator tailored for the COVID-19 patients. This was a part of a challenge called Covent-19 Challenge. In that competition, there were 213 submissions, and the SmithVent design we were the first place winners in that engineering design challenge. Congrats. Thank you so much. I definitely would encourage anyone listening to check out our design on grabcad.com. And the name of the design is Smith Vent. But just to give a little bit more clarification as to my role in that project, I played the systems requirements engineering in that project. And basically I was managing the requirements for the design hardware and software engineering teams to develop a functional design and also a UX design that would help the users of the ventilators, which will be repertory therapists and other IC doctors. In that role, I did a lot of research as with other engineers, with other folks on other teams who may not be in the competition, with professional engineers who retired from designing ventilators like 10 years ago and with other doctors who are currently in the field. It was such an interesting experience because we were developing a product within two months. That's unheard of. And then on top of that, we're all remote. There were some folks in Europe, some folks in Canada, and then there's a lot of us here in the United States. And the competition just brought a sense of camaraderie. We were able to share a lot of ideas, 
Um, and we were able to really hit our goal of designing something that was cost effective. We were we did a lot of research in terms of understanding the different parts and how we could get a cheaper part from another supplier and it would still be as functional as a $70,000 ventilator. So walking away from that project, I really learned that engineering really is something that's in everyone. It really is that creativity and just science coming together. So the end result was an actual tangible product that was then made or where is it in development? Right. Thank you for that question as well. So the competition itself was in a partnership between Mass General, which is a hospital in Massachusetts, and Zymedica, which is a medical device company. So currently Zymedica took our design and they're doing a gap analysis and continuous testing to see where there may be um, opportunities for development, further production plans are made. Oh, that's awesome. So you also shared with me that you've been involved in some knowledge building communities. Share with us what some of those communities are and what your involvement and your contribution have been to them. Yes, definitely. So guys, I'm telling you, the Black tech community is out there and everyone is so welcoming. They're so nice and they're all willing to be a mentor or bounce ideas off of. They're all online. So one community that I am a part of that's local to New York City is the Queensborough Community College. They have a free AWS cloud certificate training program. I'm currently an admin for our Facebook group. If you would like to join us, we're at AWS Cloud Cert. That's our Facebook group name. So basically the purpose of that group is to encourage people in New York City and anyone really who would like to join to understand cloud. Cloud computing is the future. Understanding AWS, um, GCP, Google Cloud Platform, and helping them to gain skills that are going to give them an advantage in the job market. 2020 taught us how important digital skills are and that's just the wave. And we, our people are being left behind because we don't have access to those people who can help us get our business website up. So the purpose of this community is to really bring awareness to our people, our local people, and let them know that this is an opportunity for everyone and just understanding the fundamentals of cloud computing, software engineering can set you up for a great future in this digital transformation that's currently happening. And for those of you who don't know what AWS is, it's Amazon Web Services. And I couldn't agree with you more, Chelsea. I mean, we are definitely and have been really for a while, even before the pandemic, but I think the pandemic just shed light on the urgency and need to be online, right? And we saw in 2020, that businesses that were sort of just brick and mortar urgently rush into to get online. So a serious question for you, what are some of the biggest challenges you've encountered as a black woman in tech and how did you handle them? One challenge that I've encountered um, is learning not to take things personally. It is definitely pretty easy to overthink and to take offense. However, one thing I've had to learn is that 
you have to pay attention to whatever the whole scenario is, the whole situation is. If it might be a person or just a, 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 a misunderstanding, you have to understand that there are other factors that may have brought that situation to where it is at that moment that may have nothing to do with you. But as a black woman, we internalize a lot of things and we take on the blame so quickly and we, we think it's our fault or it's, all, it's our responsibility to fix something. When really and truly, it might be the person that have their own self-development that need, they need to do. So one challenge for me is I, I had to learn that there are things not to take seriously um, and not overthink because I am definitely adding a lot of value from my perspective. And I think too, you know, if you feel that there's an issue, then confront it head on, right? And there's ways to do that. That's definitely true. And I've also learned that the team camaraderie, that definitely helps. So in my situation, I've not really had many issues, but a lot of times if something happens, there's always someone else in the room or there's a teammate as well that would bring down the tone or set that tone back to where it is. And on top of that, usually you should have the confidence as a person to always have your voice be a part of the conversation, to always be a part of those conversations too, and to say what you have to say. Agreed. So what do you enjoy most about working at Twitter? And when I say working there, not, not just at the company, but the work that you do. Definitely the people. That company, Twitter, definitely hires a personality type. It's like a no-jerk kind of environment. Everyone is pretty nice. At one point, I literally said to myself, is everyone this nice all the time? <laughs> but um, very nice. It, the company has been very committed to having a strong people department and a people presence. And they are definitely committed to implementing working conditions and people integration processes and practices that would help those who may be remote or in office still feel connected to each other. So they're dedicated to their employees. I'm definitely grateful for that. And they're always looking for feedback and ways to improve the work environment. In terms of my actual role, I'm learning something every day. I'm meeting someone new every day. I'm learning about a new software or system every day. So I definitely enjoy that aspect of, because I have to think about so many aspects of the tech stack, or so many aspects of, I guess, those core values I mentioned, scalability, reliability, availability. I am always reaching out to someone else that may be impacted by something that my team is doing. So I'm in a position where my role allows me to get a broader sense as to what the tech environment is internally. That's good stuff. And it's refreshing to hear what your company is doing from a people's perspective. So Chelsea, what do you believe it takes to be successful in your specific role? So I love this question because uh, I am actually on the interviewing panel for software engineers and SREs. And this is true. One thing that we look for is a growth mindset. That is an actual line item when we're looking at our criteria and our 
grading policies for the candidate is, does the candidate possess a growth mindset? So to be successful in this role, and I will possibly even say in tech in general, is to have a growth mindset because it's not going to stay the same. Tech is continuously changing. And getting into tech is one thing. Keeping up with tech is another thing. So that growth mindset is what's going to help you progress within the company or even just in general within the tech space. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you definitely, when you're in tech, have to have that curiosity, right? Because there's always that next big thing. Yeah, definitely. And those communities I mentioned before, trust me, just Google, well, not only Google, going on Facebook and checking out those different groups. There's always someone that's going to have something up there that's going to help you. You're going to learn something new every day. What influence do you think, if any, your Caribbean heritage have had on how you approach the world of work? Resilience and grit. I think we're just resilient people. Caribbean people, we definitely know how to make get things done, make things work. And I feel like that's the core of engineering, getting things done, making things work. So that sets me on a path of just having a strong work ethic to focus on what I have to do and being the best that I can be in that role. And when it comes to grit, understanding that you will mess up as an engineer, you will break services. It's actually probably sometimes celebrated when you mess up and you break a service because you're exposing a gap in someone's thought process. You're exposing a gap in the code. So understanding that those falls are not really falls, but they're really opportunities. And I think that comes from just growing up. When the water cut off, you had to save up your water in your bucket, in your barrel. So understanding how to figure things out and not letting you letting that keep you back you always had to know how to get it done you have a blackout you do your homework with a candle you have your flashlights whatever it is back home in the caribbean and that those core experiences made me realize the excuses mm -mm, that doesn't work here definitely keep going always focus and keep my eyes on the prize what professional advice, Chelsea, would you give your younger self? Pay attention to my internal instincts. That is my true self talking to myself. I would definitely tell my younger self to not dismiss what I'm telling myself. A lot of times we allow the world to tell us who we are, what we should do, where we should be, when you know yourself the best. So I would advise my younger self to just understand and pay attention to my eternal instincts. And also, do not lose focus of my why. When you develop your why, hold on to it. <laughs> Keep your eyes on your why. Understand why you're going into engineering. Why are you going into this job? When you make decisions without your why involved, you're going to be distracted and you just lose focus. That's the reality. So if I had to tell my younger self any professional advice, definitely pay attention to myself and always stay focused on my why. All great advice. And outside of technology, Chelsea, what are some of your personal passions? So I'm actually a dancer. <laughs> and I actually have a dance performance coming up September 18th in Harlem. So I, right now I'm dancing with the Harlem 
dance company. I'm trained in ballet, modern dance, African dance, and another a slew of other dance types. But for this dance performance that I have coming up in September, I'll just be doing praise dance, Afrobeat, and also a jazz contemporary mix. So Chelsea, time for a fun question. If you had to choose between these two traditional Guyanese dishes, which one is a must-have? Guyanese cook-up rice or yam pie? Oh, cook-up rice. <laughs> cook-up rice. I think cook-up rice in any Caribbean country is the business, right? Yes, definitely. Definitely cook-up rice. <laughs> So Chelsea, thank you so much for taking your time to share your story. I thoroughly enjoyed the interview. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking with you, Curly's, and talking with everyone else. Um, definitely feel free to reach out to me. I love to chat about tech, getting into tech. Just even if you just want to say hi, definitely welcome. Um, you can contact me via LinkedIn. Uh, my full name, Chelsea Hines Charles. Or on Twitter, my handle is ChelseaHC4. I am looking forward to connecting with all of you. And always remember that you are resilient. People want to hear from you. You have a different perspective. And we need your voice and perspective in tech. Thanks, everyone. Awesome. And to our Unstoppable Yes You Tribe, thank you so much for your time and your support. I hope you found this information insightful. I did. And if you're new to Unstoppable Yes You, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast via Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Red Circle to get new episodes delivered to you as they drop. And don't forget to check out UnstoppableYesYou.com. We have more content for you there. We have profile articles about Korean people that are making their mark across the globe. So check us out.